0: My name is Reverend Ayanna Johnson Watkins. It's good to be with you today. Um, From Micah for sure, but also from my two church homes, St. Andrew AME Church and Freedom's Chapel Christian Church Disciples of Christ, both on the south side of Memphis. I tell people I have two churches because I need a lot of Jesus. I'm also thankful um, that my family has been here. I was here for the 830 service, and my sister-in-law was here joining me there. Some of you who were there may have seen her. Um, Her brother, my husband, is also here. Um, Rich Watkins joining me today, and I'm sure that my two-year-old is terrorizing the nursery, wherever she may be. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we honor your presence in this place. Even as the light streams through the windows, we remember that you are the light in our world. And because of that, it can be our task that we be the light of this world. So Lord, help us to dive into these scriptures today. Light them up for us, that we may see you more clearly, that we may discern your truth, that we may take hold of your wisdom and go forward with sure steps and a more humble heart. We are all learners side by side, God. Teach us as your Holy Spirit would have us to learn as we explore your word together. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll open with a confession. I know we already had confession, but, you know, it's church. Church. So my confession is that when I called Reverend Apple and let her know what my scripture text and my sermon title was going to be, I did not realize at the time that it was really two sermons. Lucky for you, you're not going to get two sermons today. Uh, But the Lord was gracious and kind and allowed me to split those two things into two sermons. 830 got one, and you are going to get another one. So you will see that open concept living is a title that's still right. The scripture, however, is no longer Psalm 139. It is Galatians 3 and 28. It is much, much shorter than the Psalm passage that I had for the other service, so it's a great day for you. I will read it um, for you, the people of God. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. Nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. I want to talk a little bit about walls today. I'm going to assume um, if you are a person who watches the news and or reads the paper digitally or still if you're feeling Newspapers in your hand, may the Lord continue to bless you. (laughs) But we are reading a fair amount about walls these days, in particular the wall that our president would like and some others would like to put up between the U.S. and Mexico. This will be a wall that would separate um, those of us who are here from those of us who want to be here. But there are yet other walls dividing us. There are walls of racial division, gender, class. There are walls of income, citizenship of course, Democrat, Republican, independent. I know you independents don't think you have the walls. That's why you chose the independent part. (laughs) But we have these walls. We have walls we set up around those with mental health challenges, those we can see easily, and those that lurk a little deeper in the psyche. We have walls we set up around those who have physical disabilities. We have walls we construct to keep people from knowing about the violence in our own homes sometimes. We have walls we built long ago to protect ourselves from hurt, being taken advantage of, being abandoned. There are so many walls we live with today, some we can see and touch others that lurk, invisible but yet so real. I hope it comforts you to know that the people Paul was writing to in Galatia also were experiencing these walls. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free. As people in my tradition like to say, sometimes you have to speak those things that are not as though they were. And that's what you hear Paul doing here. He had to say these distinctions to spell them out because they were in fact very real in his time and hours the difference between the Jew and the Gentile, the slave and the free, male and female. And they're not just neutral differences, apples to oranges. No, these are power differences. These are differences that say one group has a distinct advantage over the other. Jew and Gentile, religious separation that one is closer or further from God. Some are heirs, some are not. Some are biological children of God, others adopted. Slave nor free, these are social distinctions. One has rights and agency, can make decisions about their own lives. Others can only have what is given has a destiny decided by another, male and female. I can say in this time, men had more rights then. They could own property, they could testify in court. And at that time, women only mattered in so far as they were related to a man, a daughter, a wife, even a widow. I could pretend that that distinction is no longer existing with us today, but let's not. Let's acknowledge the difference in pay between men and women, the difference in violence in the home and who's affected. We still live with these distinctions that they were living with all those many centuries ago. And so Paul is reaching in to this hard, structured world with a messy, messy world. A messy, messy word. Saying that in Christ Jesus, none of these differences matter. We are all one, all equal, all beloved. In other words, there were no walls between them. Now this radical word, Of the removal of distinction is not just here in Galatians, right? If we keep reading our Bibles, we keep turning the pages, we see other places that highlight God's indifference to the walls we have built. The Good Samaritan, right? Who was a neighbor to the one in need? What about Peter's instruction? To bear witness to the conversion of a Gentile family. What did God say to him? Do not call unclean what I have made clean. And this can keep going on and on. There are many examples. The salvation and the glorification of the Canaanite woman begging Jesus for healing from her daughter. And even when he refused saying, I came for the children of Israel. She would not quit. And healing for her daughter was granted. The Samaritan woman at the well that Jesus shouldn't even have been talking to. But he ended up calling her into ministry. The woman with the issue of blood who shouldn't even have been out of her house. Was out. Shimmying low. Dodging the crowds. To get to the hem of Jesus' garment. And she was healed. The child willing to share his lunch with thousands. I got this little bit. People could have said he's just a kid. Doesn't matter. What can he bring? And yet that lunch fed thousands. The Ethiopian eunuch, Simon of Cyrene. I'm going to try to stop going on. But there's a lot of examples about how the differences that mean so much to us don't really matter that much to God. I'm sorry if that's awkward for you. But that's what I found when I searched the word. And so, it seems to me that if we're going to be in the business of God's work, then part of our work is tearing down these walls between us. Amen? Amen. Now, I went looking for inspiration for tearing down walls, and I thought about the wall of Jericho coming down. And I even thought about the Berlin Wall. But you know what example really just went straight to my heart? Say, Reverend Ayanna, I'm so glad you asked. Yay. The home buyers on HGTV. (laughs) Your laughter lets me know I'm not the only one who watches this channel. (laughs) I'm so glad to be in your company today. People buying homes on the shows, on this channel, seem to hate walls. (laughs) They're always asking their real estate agents and their designer contractors for open concept living space. No walls between the kitchen and the dining room. No walls between the dining room and the living room. Set us free, they say. (laughs) If I had a nickel for every time I heard the phrase, open concept living, on home and garden television, I'd be Warren Buffett. (laughs) Now, why don't they want walls, you ask? I'm so glad that you asked. The parents on these shows, They want to be in the kitchen and see their children running amok in the living room, right? And then the people with the big families want to be able to have all of their relatives over on the same day at the same time and not have all of them in the kitchen. Now, people like me who were probably cats in another life, We just like to have the light, the sun shining on us. I can feel it wherever I am. I should just crawl up in a windowsill. Now, don't bring me your cats. I'm allergic in real life. (laughs) But in my soul, I love the light coming in, and the more light, the better, right? And then there are those free spirits. They just can't be contained by walls, Reverend Sarah. They can't be bothered by these things between them in their rooms, and so they just want to be free and see their whole house at the same time. (laughs) However, these blessed homebuyers and homeowners never seem to understand what it takes to tear down a wall. They put on their safety glasses. They grab their sledgehammers. And then they go to it. And five and a half seconds later, there's a problem. They're always surprised that there's a problem. But there's always a problem. Why? A. Walls hold up the floors above them. And so you can't just go willy-nilly tearing down walls. Some of those walls you need to keep your house from falling on you. What'd I say? A or 1? Let's go with A. B. Walls hold the inner workings. Of the house. Air conditioning and heating ducts are in the walls, electric lines and wiring is in the walls, you have waste pipes and your plumbing in the walls, if you move the wall you have to move all the stuff you were hiding in the wall. Another thing people seem to never understand. And then C, walls hide all the mistakes, all the cut corners, All the old building materials that are dangerous now, knob and tube wiring, anyone? Okay, there's a few of you, one or two, who still probably have it in your walls. And just plain creepy things. Illegal wiring, moldy insulation, asbestos, termites, dead squirrels. Those things have to be dealt with if you're going to move that wall. They need to be fixed. They need to be brought up to code. They need to be exterminated. Well, not unlike those home buyers on HGTV, those of us who love God and mean well also sometimes think that removing the walls between us, between you and me, It's just as simple as deciding it needs to be done. We just need to decide to live together. We just need to decide to love each other, to learn each other's language, to listen to one another. We just need to decide to work together, to see each other. But there is often more hidden in those walls between us than we bargain for. Those walls hide the thoughts, the unspoken assumptions we hold about one another. And when the walls come down, our hidden thoughts are also exposed. I have a two-year-old I mentioned earlier. When she was a bit smaller, um, I would often be downstairs um, at nighttime because my husband's job is bedtime. He'd be upstairs with the baby, putting her to bed. And... It is fair to say that my husband and I have different tolerance for risk. <laughs> and that I am more sensitive to assessing danger, maybe oversensitive, who's to say, than he is. And so, there would be times when I would hear my child crying bloody murder from upstairs like she was being attacked by a pterodactyl of some sort. <laughs> and I would think, possibly my husband has not been um, as sensitive to the risk of danger around her as I would have been if I were putting her to bed. But inevitably, if I go upstairs and actually check on this screaming child, come to find out she's just angry because her daddy won't let her eat her diaper cream while her diaper's being changed. But the propensity to think we know what's going on on the other side of the walls that divide us is so common. Psychology gave it a name. They call it, let me look it up for you. They call it fundamental attribution error, there it is, where we see other's behavior or we hear the cries they make and we think that whatever's going wrong is their own doing instead of the situation they find themselves in. It's not just me or you or black or white. We all do this when we don't really know what's going on. We have a tendency to give less credit to the situation and way more credit to what we think might be the other person's personal failures. When the walls come down between us, these thoughts are exposed. Walls also are full of ways of dealing with one another that haven't been updated in a while. Hear my knob and tube wiring reference again. Here, the insulation made of things we're not supposed to be breathing anymore. The way this works among us is assuming the person of color, for example, who's in the store with you is working instead of shopping. It is thinking a woman who says no to romantic advances is being coy instead of being clear. Walls hide the anger that has built up among us from decades of discrimination. These walls even have provided a safe space for those of us who are tormented by discrimination in the world to just give us one place in the world with people with shared experiences of marginalization can have a respite from the world that rejects them. But the walls also support a sense of false well-being, that things are better than they are. Because where we are, as far as we can see, things look pretty good. And the walls protect those false assumptions. But when the walls come down, those beliefs, those assumptions, those ways of doing things have to be released along with the walls. So on this World Communion Sunday, as we attempt to see the world the way Paul is trying to describe it to us in faith, the way God seems to be pulling us toward this world without walls, what are we going to put up in place to keep the house from falling down on us when we tear down these walls between us? Now, in engineering speak, that would be posts, beams, pillars. Please don't ask me to go into detail. That was the extent of my engineering knowledge. (laughs) But the point is, the walls hold up some things that will need to be held up in other ways. For the walls that have divided us, we'll have to release our false assumptions our incorrect knowledge, and trade them for what? What God has been hoping we'd take the whole time, Rev. Truth. God's truth. The word of God. For there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. That is what's supposed to hold us up. What does the Lord require of you, O human? But to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's supposed to hold us up. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's what holds us up. And on this World Communion Sunday, Please remember this table also holds us up. It says, come, all you who are thirsty and drink, all you who are hungry and eat. There are no walls around this table. All are welcome. Even if you're Judas in the making, you come on and eat too. Because everybody's got to eat. And at this table, no matter what condition we approach, we leave redeemed, remembered, made whole. And so tearing down these walls between us and our society, it won't be easy. You're gonna need safety goggles, you're gonna need some, what do you call it, the sledgehammer, you're gonna need gloves. You probably need masks because there's definitely asbestos in there. But what you get as a result, the open concept living that God has promised us, that God dreams for us, is what we get in exchange. A world where we can see each other clearly and be seen. A world where it's much easier to look after one another, check in on one another, take care of one another. A world where we can enjoy life together Enriched by the unique gifts each one brings to the community. A life where we can learn and grow. Our walls kept us stuck in our old knowledge, old assumptions, but when they come down, we can grow. We can learn new ways of doing things, new ways of being with one another. We can move beyond faulty assumptions and learn literally how to love one another right now and finally when we tear these walls down we let the light in and we can all be cats just soaking it up spilling it out on each other this world needs that light that's why Jesus said to us you are the light of the world so tear down those walls making it dark in your soul and dark in your community. And let that light in, flowing through you, making you whole, and overflowing from you onto this world that needs that light so dearly. Praise God. Amen.